Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Nah, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Check, it's time to get a normal episode. Just some news around the league. Nothing crazy. Not catching up. No Kyrie. No Harden. No nonsense. We're getting into the renaming of Staples Center. Recent developments with Luke Walton. His butt getting basically hotter by the minute. And Carl Anthony Towns, the softest big man in on planet Earth. Maybe even in the stratosphere. Potentially leaving Minnesota. So do me a favor, bro, and drop that beat. First and foremost, we're going to get into some news around the league, and let's start in L.A. So uh, apparently, the Staples Center, out of the blue, randomly, like it came from the clouds, just got a new name. Don't know if you heard it. Let's face it. No one's ever going to call it anything other than the Staples Center. That's just how it's going to be. But because of, yes, an unbelievably large amount of money, it is now going to be named the Crypto.com Center. Or as Russell Westbrook thought, the Crip Center. That that actually happened. Starting on Christmas Day, it will be the Crip Center. See, Rip, on Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Los Angeles Poop fans. We have got a gang war here (laughs) at the old Staples Center. And nobody's really happy about it uh, besides a couple of people in the front off. Really, the Bus family. They're getting $700 million for the naming rights split up between all the little family members who have no other jobs but to just suck off the teat of the L.A. Lakers. Yep, Singapore cryptocurrency company Crypto.com just paid AEG, the owner and operator of the arena, $700 million for the naming rights. Three quarters of a billion dollars almost. Truthfully, not enough to rename it from the Staples Center. Like the Staples Center, iconic name. Like literally that's all you see, all you in your mind, all you see in the drone. Now they're going to have to re-drone things, you know. It's a 20-year deal. 20-year deal. It's the biggest naming deal in sports history, and to my opinion, it is still not enough. Only one person is happy about this name change. His name is Chris Marzalek, the CEO of Crypto.com. Yep, I'd never heard of him before either. Honestly, not really sure what's going on in Singapore. Not really up to speed on it. Things have been going on in our country, so I've been a little insulated. You know what I mean? In the next few years, he said, people are going to look at this moment as the moment when crypto Cross the chasm into the mainstream. 
This is just such a brilliant move from the guys at AEG because the next decade belongs to crypto. And this positions LA and this particular venue right at the center of it, the movement. How? How are you, LA Clipper, LA Laker, LA Clipper Stadium Arena, Crypto.com Arena now, how are you going to be the center of the crypto universe just because you changed the name of the arena? How? Are you going to be slanging blockchain wallets in the, like, causeway? Like, is it going to be like, hey, I take a Diet Coke, uh, I'll take some fries, hot dog, and a quarter Bitcoin. It's like... And now, announcing Crypto.com season tickets. For three games, you get the 200-quart level popcorn, soda, and a quarter of a doge. Like, no. Like, that's not, that's not a thing. Like, that's not a thing. Truthfully, did it increase... The number of staplers sold at Staples when they named it the Staples Center? Was it like, and now Staples Center will be the center of the office supply <laughs> movement. Nobody will ever go to Office Depot now. It's only Staples. Did people, more people buy printer paper? Like, these crypto people are high. I may mention, yes, they probably are because the Venn diagram of people who are interested in crypto and the people getting high listening to Joe Rogan talk about crypto is a Venn diagram so absurd that it's one fucking circle. Like, it's literally all the same people. This is like a classic case of someone with just way too much money on their hands and they get high and they think of, like, a brilliant scheme to change the world. First of all, again, like I said, nobody's ever going to call it the crypto got com center you're only going to see it in a drone footage before it's tnt announcing they're going to probably fuck it up every single time saying at the staple center because who doesn't still call them the san diego chargers it's been years right it's still like what san diego chargers taking on the uh, oakland raiders <laughs> it's like no uh, both of those teams uh, have changed names and cities like come on now how many people and what kind of people are currently deep into crypto it's not really cross-pollinating with the NBA, is it? Like, there's this, I hope not. I hope. In my experience, the kind of people who are obsessed with crypto are the kind of people who have, like, other, zero other hobbies. Like, they're not watching basketball. They're just investing and researching and reading up on Reddit threads about crypto. So if Chris Marzalak, I don't even know if that's how you say it, is, is happy, who then is unhappy. Everyone else but him. Laker fans, Clipper fans, finally agreeing on something, right? Uh, this is dumb. This naming thing, this is very dumb. Twitter flooded with angry people, jokes, all-time high. So, like, I'm wondering now, are we just going to put, like, a Dogecoin dog meme statue outside of Staples, well, excuse me, Crypto.com Center? We're going to just replace Shaq and Jerry West with a Shibu Inu and, like, zeros and ones microchip falling from the sky statue. I just made that up. Uh, like, how long until it's Vanessa Bryant being like, uh, we've got a Kobe, a Kobe coin flooding the market in purple and gold. 
Like, poor Frank Vogel, too. Like, Frank Vogel's maybe one of the worst coaches in the NBA, having to coach the most visible team in the NBA, doing a terrible job, just all of his deficiencies on full display. Uh, Two nights ago, he put in Kent Bazemore and... Who else was it? It was DeAndre Jordan and some and Rajon Rondo when they were up two to the Milwaukee Bucks. Like terrible move. That's why you lost. And he probably doesn't even know anything about crypto. Like Frank Vogel's out here having to be the front man, having to be the PR guy, having to sell this bullshit naming rights. He doesn't even know what it is. He has no. I would love to hear someone be like, "Hey, uh, Frank Vogel, you're all in on this." So explain to me blockchain. Like, explain to me if the world decides we are, yes, going to only use crypto, what that means for our U.S. banking system. Like, get Frank Vogel on the record here to discuss the economics of now a whole new currency system. Like, we don't even talk about this. We are literally just allowing a whole nother form of currency in the dark web to be mainstream, being the new naming rights of fucking Staples Center. Excuse me. This is what he said in the post-game presser. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Laker fans and really sports fans in general obviously know that building as the Staples Center. I understand the disappointment the fans will have, but that's just the way of the world. <laughs> that's the business we're in. Almost universally around the country, there's a business elements to naming rights with arenas, and it's really out of our control. Could we end up seeing, like, the Pornhub Arena in Orlando? Could that possibly... If it's out of your control, how out of control is it? Like, at one point, is it, like, child slave labor, a.k.a. Nike Arena? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, that's the best don't blame me, blame the man statement, really, you're going to hear all day. He's like, I don't know. Like, they just... I just work here. You know? I just work here. This is what Westbrook said. It's the Staples Center. The Staples Center has so many great memories. Just for me as a kid growing up in L.A., so many great things happened in that building. Regardless of the name, the building is still the building, and that's what's the most important, and that's all you can think about. Someone coached Russ better than they coached Frank Vogel because Frank Frank Vogel did a terrible job. Uh, I'm like, yeah, that's right, Russ. It is the same building. It's not like they're tearing the building down. But Vanessa Bryant decided she was going to post about the Staples Center, forever known as the house that Kobe built. So a slap in the face to the Kobe Bryant family continues. It will always, At least it wasn't like the helicopter center. That'd be fucked up, wouldn't it? So it's, it's always going to be the Staples Center to me, no matter what they name the, on the slap. Slap the side of the name on it. I don't even think I said that correctly. No matter what name they slap on the side of it, that's right. So I think that this is just really the first salvo of the naming game when it comes to crypto. At my old place, uh, we actually got into a deal with Blockfolio, where they gave a Bitcoin out if you won your March Madness seating. Yeah, they gave us a Bitcoin to split up. So much stupid money in crypto overseas in China, because they're probably trying to take over the world and take over us. Uh, Now that there's just no way that greedy NBA owners like the Sacramento Kings, it's only a matter of time before the Sacramento Kings get a crypto named arena. I don't even know if they'd want it. Honestly, I don't know if Doge would even invest in a dog shit franchise arena like the Sacramento Kings. Wouldn't it be funny? It'd be like they just changed the name of the team altogether, the Sacramento Bitcoins. That's how it happens. But... 
I do think, I do think that that is where the new game goes, and this is just the beginning. Oh, let's go upstate to Sacramento, where they are very close to going off the deep end. They are... Everyone was excited. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this, like Luke Walton just out here experimenting, like uh, lineup changes or peyote, and uh, putting a four-guard lineup out there, just vibing. Who cares? You know, no, you can't fire me anyway. I'm just going to do what I want to do, try new things. You know, very innovative. And everybody got excited. Everyone was so pumped. Oh, it's working. It's working. And in a very stunning and shocking development, the Sacramento Kings are in chaos again. <laughs> Ownership is starting to finally see the light that, yes, with a better coach, maybe this team could actually be better. Uh, And they are not. Turns out playing four guards maybe isn't the best idea. Kings rolled out that fast this year, playing Fox, Halliburton, Heal, Davion Mitchell on the court at the same time, have discovered that when teams know that you're going to do that, (laughs) they scheme for it. It's a very unorthodox move that catches people off guard the first three, four games. Then you see them again, you're like, oh, yeah, this little janky box and one type of a thing, literally. Uh, We're going to make sure to put some big guys out here so that we're going to counter this. And that is why, truthfully, every opposing center of the Sacramento Kings – They feast, except for Carl Anthony Towns, uh, which we will talk about in the next segment, is a bitch, and he gets four rebounds because that's just who he is. Uh, And because of that, once again, Luke Walton is all over the headlines, all in the press, people wanting him to know, hey, Luke, do you know that you might be fired? And this is what he had to say uh, in his potential firing in this post-game press. Look, the hot seat stuff is the same thing, Jason. I'm not. It's outside. It's, look, there's... The way we build something is to go through hard stuff together to continue to work hard uh, as a group. And that's what we do every day. Uh, and, and through that, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be great times. And, and it's our job to stay consistent with it. Um, and, and that's what we're going to that's what we're going to do now. That's what we did yesterday in practice. And that's what we're going to do going forward. Someone was like still waiting for us uh, for you to bring us the great times. Exactly. <laughs> this man has been just squarely in the oven baking. For the last two years now, like his ass must be blistered. He's been on the hot seat so long, like boils, like he needs some dressing on that thing. Like somebody needs to give him some burn support because we know that the only reason that he even still has a job is because the Sacramento Kings are cheap as fuck and they are actually broke. So that is the only reason. And now after Luke so eloquently avoided uh, defending his job, the Kings, like I said, went out and shit the bed again against the Timberwolves. They now stand, stand six and nine, and they are out of the playoff picture altogether. So how desperate is Luke Walton at this point? Well, so desperate that it turns out, see, we go back to the former episodes where Marvin Bagley was basically on ice indefinitely, that Luke Walton, as spiteful as he is, he is still a self-preservationalist. He took Marvin Bagley square out of the icebox and put him right into the starting rotation. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Marvin Bagley started an actual NBA game for one of the very first times this year. 
He has now logged 29 minutes in the past two games after being DNP'd all but one game this year. I would tell you this, anytime there's a statistical anomaly for this, if, anytime there's a statistical anomaly, there's a reason for this. And the reason is because Luke Walton knows he's in trouble. Luke Walton knows he's got to make some changes or he's going to be the one that's the change. Of course, Bagley knows what's going on in Sacramento is absolutely bullshit. Uh, and another player, new to the Sacramento Circus, uh, who has a ring, is also tired of the bullshit. Tristan Thompson, sick and tired of losing. Tristan Thompson, great guy. Uh, has his own little piece of circus that he brings to the world on a night-to-night basis, which we won't get into right now, but it is tremendous. Uh, and it's, it's interesting that Tristan Thompson is vocally saying he's sick of this so early on in the season, given the fact that he spent an entire season in Boston last year where they went down by over 10 47 times. Yeah. All year they were basically going down by big numbers, and when they got down, they stayed down, and they laid down. So someone asked him, Hey, uh, hey, Tristan, uh, do you think that Luke needs to be, when you guys go down by big numbers, Luke needs to be a better vocal leader? Maybe inspire you guys to uh, do some things like compete? And this is what Tristan Thompson had to say, which was delicious. I'm going to say this. I think um, no no man in this world should rely on another man to inspire the point bank player. You can put that in all capitals. I, I, me personally, no one should ever need a coach to inspire you. If you don't get inspired in the game, then you shouldn't be on the court. Losing teams, losing players, you need to get inspiration from your coach. And I'm not, I'm not with that shit. My teammates better not be with my teammates aren't with it. Because I know, I know guys want to win. They want to win. Pause. He changed what he had to say there just very quickly, nuanced. He said, my teammates better not be with that shit. And then he, in the middle, he was like, they're not with that shit. But he actually doesn't know. It's not about Coach Wallen inspiring you. This is not no freaking glory road. Yet. No, numbers called you in the damn game. I don't need no fucking coach to, to, to inspire me. Never that, never have, never will. The day I need a coach to inspire me is the day I'm fucking retired. I'm going to go play with my kids in the park, so... Man, what a quote. What a quote. Was that a shot at Luke Walton? Was that a shot at his teammates? Was that a shot at the media? Kind of feels like a shot at everyone. Uh, And also the rest of the team, of course. This is the NBA, he said. No one's going to feel sorry for you. C-Webb and Bibby ain't walking through that door. No, they're not. So you better keep pushing every day, keep getting better in practice, keep watching the film, learn from your mistakes. At least Tristan Thompson is a student of history, which, you know, let's face it, really comes down to the fact that the Kings haven't been good since Bibby was walking through the door, since Chris Webber was walking through the door. White chocolate in the door and Vladi Divac all the way back in the day. As an aside, by the way, How crazy is it that I actually walked around with a Sacramento Kings uniform on as a little kid? Like, I had a Jason Williams jersey. I think about that shit now, and I'm like, under no circumstances are there children in 2021 walking around with a Kings jersey. Just no way. Just no way. Uh, But back to the point that the Kings are so dysfunctional that they have Tristan Thompson reminiscing about the good old days with Brad Stevens as his head coach going down by 10 more than 46 times in a year. 
Like, at least Brad didn't even try to motivate. Nobody even asked him, hey, did you guys ever think about getting some motivation or inspiration from Brad? Like, that wasn't a question we even thought about, given that we knew that Brad wasn't going to try to do that. So is Luke Walton the problem? Yeah. I mean, we know that. But there's a better way to put it. Like, is Luke Walton the answer? Is Luke Walton the solution to the king's problem? And the answer is no. Like, no, he is not. No, not in any way, not in any shape, not in any form. Luke Walton could be the worst coach in the last decade. Like, he would 100% be fired by now if they didn't have to cut him a check. Like, there's no way. Like, he's going to skate by for as long as it takes for the Kings to not have to hire another coach while giving him a buyout. Like, just no way. How is he building around Fox and Halliburton? And how and how could it be that that's so difficult? You've got three stars, four stars, Fox, Halliburton, Rashawn Holmes, Davion Mitchell, Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes, this team should be good. How is it that difficult to do? Hint, it is not. You are just a dog shit coach who doesn't know how to do anything else besides gimmicks like four guards at one time. And that is much of a damning indictment on the Kings as anything that you can find. Poor, poor Carl Anthony Towns. Is there trouble brewing in Minnesota? I mean, let's face it, there's always trouble brewing in Minnesota. There's always trouble, not just brewing, like there's trouble that's been brewed. It's bottled up for you to put into a cup and drink. Like the trouble's gone back. It's been fermenting for a long ass time. The Wolves are a historically bad franchise. They truthfully are. After they they did fire their GM like the day before the season started because he was allegedly sleeping with one of the support staff and like not allowing his assistant coaches to seek employment elsewhere. Like, yeah, there's trouble. But this is a new kind of trouble. Considering the fact that I said that the Wolves should be a playing team this year. They should be a playoff team this year. They were expected by the world to be maybe good. Like maybe good. And I said that and I meant it. I said it with I said it with my chest. With Aunt Edwards and Kat and Delo and its decent support decent supporting cast. Like many people, including myself, thought that this team could actually be good. I thought Folks, they tell me, folks, when you play with your best friend, you should be good. You should have camaraderie all the time, people helping you through the down times and the up times. Like, you should have an extra gear when the time gets tough. Or, or if your best friend is the point guard of the team, maybe he would pass you the ball in crunch time. I guess, I mean, D'Lo's not passing the ball to Cat in crunch time. It's almost like they're enemies. I don't know. The Wolves currently 5-9. and nine. They're 2-8 two, two in their last 10. And so now there are rumors swirling about. Big rumors. Cat is unhappy. So unhappy that the world thinks possibly he actually might No, like, really, really actually might be on his way out of Minnesota. We've heard this before. 
He didn't want to sign his contract extension, blah, blah, blah. He was thinking about evaluating his options. But this is, this is a new level of discontent. It all began two weeks ago. After a decent start, the Wolves lost three in a row. And Carl Anthony Towns said this. If I know one thing about slides here in Minnesota, you could go from losing three games to 18 to 19 to 20 really quick. I mean, that's just straight facts right there. And that is damning. Oh, man. And then the next day, the very next day, he got caught on social media liking a tweet that said, free Carl Anthony Towns. And then hysterically blamed it on being hacked as if some like random Bulgarian hacker spent time and effort to take control of Carl Anthony Towns' account so that they could only quietly like one single tweet in the middle of the night so they could cause chaos in Minnesota. Poof. Then they disappear and they never tweet again. They didn't tweet anything else. They didn't take over his account in any other way, any other social media. Nothing was affected. Just like that one single tweet. And then what was also crazy was he made up some bullshit about like, oh, well, my brother has access to the account, but he was asleep. Uh, And then my girlfriend, she was at a job interview. (laughs) So they couldn't have done it. And then when asked about it, he said, yeah, uh, I think someone just hacked me because only three people have my Twitter password. And uh, yeah, so that it wasn't me. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. But here's what that whole episode doesn't tell you. That three-game slide? Shh, don't tell anyone. A lot of it was Carl Anthony Towns' fault. <laughs> he scored 14, 23, and 18 on 40 0.9% shooting, more than 12% lower than his career average. He also, as usual, sucked on the defensive end, uh, putting together a minus plus minus of minus 59. So why are we bringing this up now? Well, because the root issue appears to be even worse than you think. I don't think, and this is what the rumors are saying and the news is saying, is that Carl Anthony Towns doesn't like how much Ant Edwards is a part of Chris Finch's offense. Oh, man, Rutrow Got a good old classic case of ego battles. I'm on the record saying I do love Ant Edwards. I do. He's the, maybe the most charismatic player in the league. Definitely the best quote. We've talked about that as well. But as I watched their recent game against the Suns, which was like a very razor-close loss, they should have won. They should have beaten the Suns. Uh, two opportunities to win the game in the final seconds. And I have to say, Aunt Edwards is still a little wet behind the ears, a little green behind the ears. He got a rebound down just two with a few seconds left. And instead of trying to drive and tie the game, or I don't know, find an open man, he slid behind the three-point line and threw up a contested chuck. Game over. In the previous game against the Clippers, Carl Anthony Towns got caught loafing in a video that went viral. Towns started just hopping up the court before Edwards had even taken a shot in a possession against the Clippers. John Krasinski, uh, the Athletic, wrote about why this was such a damning moment. 
Uh, that is not a good look. This is what he said. That is not a good look for the team leader and seventh-year veteran. But it also was illustrative of his frustration at the lack of touches in the offense as it has been something Finch has been trying to address all season long. What do you mean something he's been trying to address? Like you either find ways to scheme up getting Carl Anthony Towns the ball or you don't. Like, that's it. Like, Chris Finch knows how to get Carl Anthony Towns the ball, and I think he doesn't want to give Carl Anthony Towns the ball. And now the rumors of Cat leaving town, like I said, are heating up. Do you blame him? No, you can't. Really, Towns has been playing in Minnesota. Minnesota. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Where he's had six GMs and five head coaches since he was drafted number one in 2015. They made the playoffs just once. Remember, though. That was when Jimmy Butler was there, and Jimmy Butler was basically bullying him every single day mercilessly to the point where Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler had a blow-up, multiple blow-ups. He was like, get into the gym, Carl. You're soft as green, slippery, slimy, stinky baby shit, you piece of shit. Get into the gym. And Carl Anthony Towns was like, this is not exactly what I imagined uh, that it would be like if we went to the playoffs. Like, this is not fun for me. Uh, But the truth is, all of those jokes to say it's time. It's time. And I hate to say it, but it's time. It's time for both parties to just say goodbye. To me, this reminds me of when Damian Lillard got to Portland. You had LaMarcus Aldridge. He was drafted second overall, and Dame came to town. LaMarcus Aldridge, very laid-back dude, a guy that the whole team – would tell you in quiet moments, if nobody was listening with a camera on, but here we are with a camera on, uh, was very soft. Like LaMarcus Aldridge needed to be coddled. LaMarcus Aldridge needed to be told, attaboy, it's okay that you went three for 17. You'll get him next time. You were awesome with that one block that you had in the fourth quarter when we were already down 30. Like LaMarcus Aldridge needed that. He needed that shine. He didn't ever want to be the guy. He told, actually, he told... The Blazers to not announce him as a center because he knew he was so superstitious that he thought that if he was a center for the Portland Trailblazers, he would have a career ending injury. Like just whack wacko type stuff. He was very intent on not ever being called the center, which is also what Anthony Davis is doing right now. That's what we call a stray. So Dame gets to town. Dame gets to town and Dame's the star. Dame's charismatic. Dame wants the spotlight. LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't want the spotlight, but he also doesn't want Dame to have the spotlight, does he? He doesn't like that Dame is on the billboard as a rookie in Portland be- in- on top of the Rose Garden, which is now the Motor Moda Center, right? He's pissed at that. He's telling everybody, like, I don't like this Dame kid. I don't know about this, right? And that is exactly what's happening right now with Aunt Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. Like, I don't know about this Aunt kid. But he's taking too many shots down the stretch. Everybody loves him. He's on Twitter. He's an amazing quote. He's so incredibly athletic and dominant, defensively strong, gritty, doing everything he can. He is a star's star. Carl Anthony Towns is a goofy seven-footer that's like dating, I think, Jordan Woods. That's like his one shining thing. So it's probably time. Yeah, it's probably. That's a stray. Probably time to cut ties. Probably time for Minnie, and it's probably best for Minneapolis and best for Carl Anthony Towns. So the question now is where should Carl Anthony Towns go? 
The big rumor now is that Carl Anthony Towns should be going to Phoenix for another disgruntled player and superstar, DeAndre Ayton, because apparently <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns wants to leave one best friend in D'Angelo Russell to go and play with his other best friend, Devin Booker. Heads up, folks. You can only have one best friend, like only one. That's the whole point of the operative word of best. There's only one of them. Uh, but this is categorically, categorically hilarious to me. Uh, oh, like I'm tired of playing for the Timberwolves. I want to play for the Suns because they just went to the finals and Devin Booker has Chris Paul now. And I want to win. And I can't win with D'Lo, so I'm going to win with Devin. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. And I personally don't think it's going to happen because CP3 is there. And CP3 is known, <laughs> CP3 is known for being very hard on his bigs. Like he, why would CP3 want to house train another big when he just got done house training the last one? I'm going to trade this other one that I put all this time and effort with. I'm putting him on the leash. I've literally like crate trained him. I've given him lots of positive affirmation. And like literally he's right where I want him. And I'm going to, I'm going to sign off on a trade to ship him out for a brand new puppy. That's softer than the other puppy to begin with? No fucking chance. Plus, I don't think Carl Anthony Towns would enjoy dealing with Chris Paul being like, hey, dude, you're seven foot tall. Be fucking stronger. Be fucking tougher and do something. Like, stop standing in the perimeter shooting threes. Like, nobody wants that shit. I don't think he's going to. I mean, if you thought Jimmy Butler was tough, wait until you see Chris Paul. So will Cap be moving on? I think so. But it won't be to Phoenix. Maybe Golden State, but definitely not in Phoenix. That's all the time that we have for the heat check. Now that we are in the new studio, we will be back Monday, Wednesday, Friday, nor as normal. We'll be back Monday evening with all of the latest happenings in the league. Do not forget to follow us on social at, at this heat check and Trista Crick on TikTok. We will see you Monday evening, folks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.